Welcome, this is Beyond the Hate, and if you ever wanted to see a movie with Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee with only 58 dyed bodies, this is it. Uh, I'm Steve. I'm John. And today we're talking about Showdown in Little Tokyo. Yes. Uh, it, I, one of the main reasons I wanted to pick this movie is because like it, Steve's like favorite actor ever is Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> oh yeah, he's <laughs> fucking awesome. Um, so, and um, you know... I. And I, I like Dolph too. I haven't seen as much of, of Dolph stuff as Steve has, but uh, I know that Steve, being the resident Dolph expert, oh, yeah. uh, would be able to. Because we both love this movie. This is one of those movies that, like, if I came over or something and you just randomly had this on in the projector, I would be like, oh, okay, cool. So we're just going to watch Showdown in Little Tokyo now. Because mm-hmm. this is a fucking great movie. And. It's not something that you have to. It's not like deep and philosophical. Like you're, you know, you're you're watching, I don't know, like Twelve Monkeys or something, and you're like, what the fuck does any of this mean? It's nowhere near that complicated. It's just a straight up, cool action movie. Right. And it's very simple. The plot is not super complicated to understand, and it's just a great movie. And it's got Brandon fucking Lee in it, with Dolph Lundgren. You got Tia Carrera in this movie. Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa. Carrie. One of the greatest fucking villains, like Asian villains in movie history. I mean, it's fucking Shang Tsung. Yeah. You know? Exactly. He was a funny. villain in a fucking Bond movie. Because Bruce Lee, I mean, Brandon Lee was going to play Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat. We talk about that in our Mortal Kombat episode. If you guys check want to it know out. That. But yeah, he would have been the hero in that, and Carrie would have been the villain. So it would have been interesting because it's the same way. Um, yeah, so, yeah, um, it was kind of interesting when I was looking at some things, because, um, uh, Mark DeCasos directed a movie, uh, kind of recently, in 2016, called Showdown in Manila, mm-hmm. and Tia Carrera was in it, and so was Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Dacasos did that as kind of a tribute to this movie. To Showdown Little Tokyo. Uh, but yeah, they were both in it, and it's called Showdown in Manila. And it's directed by Mark Dacasos. I don't know if it's good or not, but I probably will watch it. And Mark Dacasos is in the movie. so Oh, wait, he is? Yeah. Who does he play in this movie? I don't know who Mark Dacasos plays in this movie, but he is in it. It's called Showdown in Manila. Not in this movie. In oh, Showdown okay. In Manila movie oh, okay. He is not in this movie. No. I was like, wait a minute. What the fuck? I was like, Dacasos was in Showdown in Little Tokyo? What the Dacasso's fuck? Dacasos probably would have been like 18 years old. Oh, really? Probably. I don't know. Well, no. When did he do Only the Strong? Only the Strong was like, what? Just like maybe two years two after years this? after, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. But he really wasn't, he, he wasn't known in the States yet. He wasn't yet. really known. He wasn't even known when he did Only the Strong. It was just, true. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to, uh, Dolph Lundgren uh, has done some, you know, he hasn't been in many theatrical releases, like movies that's been released, like, into theaters. He's an action star, so a lot of his movies are straight to DVD. Um, 
but I guess he's credited for like 29 theatrical releases. Uh, like 10 of them where he was like the leading man and like 5 they consider like lead a symbol. And then 13 are like he was in them. <laughs> uh, he's the dude in them. Yeah. He's in those movies, but uh, he's credited with $2.5 billion of total box off revenue. So he he is part of successful movies. Right. Um you know, that's <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot of money. That's pretty crazy when you think about all the different made. stuff that he's yeah. been in. You he's know. been in ninety credited movies, like ninety credits on his IMDB page. Yeah. So that's a lot of shit. You know. Um yeah, this movie really didn't make any money in the box office, and it's really because of Warner Brothers abandoned it, like halfway, like whenever it's like you know it's supposed to be a ninety-minute movie, and then they're like, "Ah, eh, we really don't like what this is doing. Cut it down to seventy-nine, and then we're gonna take it out of most theaters and stuff like that before they even gets released." So they kind of just so they didn't. So why didn't they want to? They didn't want to like promote it or anything like nah, adver- nah, advertisements. It had a low budget. It was only like eight million dollars. So they were just kind of like, yeah. yeah, we'll just make it up in DVDs and we won't worry about paying for ads or anything like that. So, yeah. Yeah, and one thing I didn't know until I was doing the research for this film that Brandon Lee was offered the role in the Enter the Dragon movie about his dad. Yeah. Instead of Jason Scott Lee, and he turned it down because he didn't want to play his dad in a movie about his dad. Right. Um... Uh, but he turned it down for the crow, which ultimately was Killed his him. last movie. Yeah, so that is a weird. That's weird a weird thing. set of circumstances, and there's that whole like. Do you ever do you ever uh, believe in that conspiracy theory that the leaf that the Lee family was killed off because of uh, the, the idea that the Lees were were teaching, you know, oh, yeah. uh, Chinese Absolutely. stuff. Yes. To the West, and that's why they killed Bruce. Because... And that's why they killed Brandon. There's no one more racist than old Chinese people. It's <laughs> a controversial statement. I don't think so. <laughs> the, 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 you, you know, like, how old white people... They don't like they don't like Westerners, I'll give you that. They don't like sharing uh, Eastern culture with Westerners. Right. And that's exactly what Bruce Lee did. And he was like, well, if you don't like it, do something about it. Right. And they did. They did something about it, I, I think... I don't want to get into foreign conspiracy theories, but I absolutely think that they definitely uh, had something to do with a lot of this stuff. Because, um, like Brandon Lee, like the guns were tested right before use and stuff like that. So, yeah, how did suddenly you know they just mess up? Then it just doesn't make too much sense to me. But this isn't which the, is a shame too, because yeah. Brandon Lee is. He's, he could have been one of those guys that he could have like been, you know. He who knows he could he, he maybe could have been. We could have had Brandon Lee and Heath Ledger in a buddy cop comedy. That would have been pretty cool. Or I, you know, or imagine if Brandon Lee had lived, maybe they might have put him in as Neo in the Matrix, maybe instead of Keanu. You know, who knows? Ugh, don't make me say anything negative about Brandon Lee. Don't fuck with my Keanu. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not this talk shit about Keanu. I'm just saying that maybe if Brandon Lee was still alive, would they have pitched something like that to Brandon Lee instead of Keanu? Absolutely. And Hypothetically, he, he in that tur- universe. Brandon Lee also would have turned that down, I think. He would have turned that down? Yeah. 
It's, that's the thing about, about Brandon, I think, Brandon is like that... Brandon liked doing low-budget roles. He, he really did like making the best of low-budget roles. Well, and he definitely did good with this, because this, like you said, this movie was like, what took, what, eight million to make? Yeah, eight million. And yeah. Brandon Lee uh, did the Rapid Fire movies. Uh, well, they were going to make uh, sequels with him, but... Uh, but it was kind of interesting because um, he played Jake Lowe in the Rapid Fire movies, and uh, Bruce Lee played Billy Lowe in Game of Death. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of funny. So, father like son, I guess. Right. Yeah. It's kind of uh, uh, an homage to his dad, maybe a little bit there. Yeah. So definitely giving homages to his father, just not really um, wanting to play his father, which is. Um, well, you can understand that. Yeah, I mean, I would I imagine. Would, yeah, you know, it's just it, too much. It's too much emotion. It's to yeah have to deal with. I, I because you know he was relatively he was still really young when when Bruce died. Yeah. And how old was he then? He was like maybe six or seven years old. Yeah, because uh, Bruce you know, died in seventy three. Like, yeah, I think they lived in Oakland, and then yeah. they moved to Seattle whenever Bruce died. Uh, but, they, they were already in Seattle, I think, when he was running the dojo, the school. No, they moved to Seattle after Bruce died. They might have had a place That's in a... Seattle, but they moved to Seattle after Bruce died. I, I thought found Bruce... it in my research. Oh, okay, because I'm like, unless I'm messing that up in the timeline, I thought he already they had They might something... have had a dojo in Seattle, too, but they lived in Oakland. Oh, okay, because I'm like, I'm pretty sure he had something already in Seattle. Probably. Yeah, Yeah, I'm just saying they... The they, one that he had in Oakland... permanently moved to Seattle after Bruce died. Yeah, the one that he had in Oakland was the one that, um, like, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar went to, and, um, was it James Coburn, the actor? Like, a bunch of the actors... James Woods. Went, no, James <laughs> Woods. <laughs> oh, God, could you imagine James Woods being taught the philosophy of Jeet Kune Do? Yeah, James <laughs> Wood couldn't can't fight. You right. beat the shit out of James Wood. But uh, uh, real quick, before we continue, we'll go over the beer. Right. Um, which, actually, this is kind of a sampler pack, but this is uh, this is Angry Orchard, and uh, it's like a sampler pack. There's like a rosé, which is kind of like a, like a sweet apple. Yeah. And then there's the easy apple, which is what I'm drinking right now, uh, which is less sweet. It's a little bit more of kind of a crispy apple taste. Yeah. Um... This I like this one too. Uh, the one that I had, uh, well, the other one that I had earlier was the uh, the pear. The pear. The, the pear was was more. It was better than I thought it was going to be because I'm thinking ah, pear tasting beer. That's going to probably taste like ass. Very good, actually. but it's actually really good. They did a really good job with you know leave, having the pear taste in there and not taste nasty. Um, I, I don't know what the the other one is. The crisp apple. Yeah, it's just a normal uh, Angry Orchard. Is the name more Angry Orchard? Okay. Yeah, I'd give I'd give the whole pack of the flavors like a two point five out of three star for the. It's just it's just good. Um, it's just good uh, stuff. Yeah, if you're into uh, some apple stuff and you you know you're you're kind of having a taste for some hard cider or apple tasting beer. It's a pretty good sample pack, and you get the the pear mixed in with it as well. So if you don't want to go totally apple, <laughs> never know? go full apple. Never go full apple, especially if you're a Windows person. Um, oh, oh, <laughs> just got fucked up. Like Apple charging a thousand dollars for a fucking monitor stand. Did you see that shit? Yes, I did. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the uh, 
Oh, who is that? Was it Mad TV that did the thing back in the day of Steve Jobs doing like the Iraq and stuff? It was Mad TV. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that dude. Yeah, he was like, "This is the Iraq," and it was like a, it was like a, it was just a rack, and he was like, "It's a little unstable," and it collapsed. It, you know, it's making fun of Iraq. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and they just kept going. It was just a bunch of crap. That they were introducing, and they were like, this is only, you know, the Iraq, it's only $2,000. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like a, like a, like a rack you'd sit over, like, your toilet to, like, sit toilet paper on or something. Right, yeah. So, uh, that, that's basically what Apple's actually doing now. They're just like, here's, uh, this is, um, you know, a toilet- Our products are now memes. Yeah, a toilet paper holder that plays, uh, your favorite songs as you take a shit, and it's like- why would I need that? Right. I I don't need that. It's like, you can clap your hands and flush the toilet, or I could just, you know, flush the toilet. What the fuck? Yeah. It's like, well, that's only $3,000 for us to put, like, the fucking hand clappy thing in. It's like, no. I'll just <laughs> press press down. There's a, little, there's a little handle right there. I can yeah. I can handle this. <laughs> you look up your Google Home to take a shit for you. What? How is that even possible? <laughs> <laughs> Insert this into colon. <laughs> yeah. No. It's like it's like the people that fucking were buying the 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 drink and the bleach because they thought it'd cure autism. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, well, actually, they're still doing it. All right. They're called anti-vaxxers. Uh, <laughs> but they just drink fucking straight bleach and then they fucking intimate their kids with bleach and then a lot of these kids end up having to have colostomy bags and stuff yeah. inserted into them or they end up dying yeah because these parents are really shitty yeah and they read a google search that said vaccinations cause autism instead of doing actual medical research and wasn't that a thing that like uh the church of scientology was doing too Cause I remember tom cruise talking about that about the anti-vax thing, because I don't know if that was a Scientology thing. Or maybe I don't think Tom that's Cruise a Scientology thing. thing. Or maybe uh, there's just a Tom Cruise thing, because Tom Cruise was kind of on that anti-vax thing. I know it was a thing. Jim Carrey, Jenny McCarthy thing. They're, they're, they're the ones that kind oh, of... Oh, I know I know Jenny McCarthy was really big into, like, you know, not vaxxing. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a, we're getting to some heavy topics. We are. So we're going to go ahead and then, uh, get off that road. Right. Uh, Mark L. Lester, before we get to the comics, Mark L. Lester is the one that directed this. He directed Commando and Double Take and The Class of 99. That was the Sasha Mitchell movie that did The Substitute uh, with Tom Berger ripped off six years later and just basically made the same movie, but worse. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, I, I think, like, when it comes to this movie, I think that sometimes maybe it gets kind of forgotten amongst, like, action movies because it's, I don't know, like, you don't ever see it pop up in, like, top action movies or, like, it doesn't come up on lists really, you know, and I guess because Brandon had such a short career and he, he died so young that he it just kind of gets forgotten and then... You know, people, unless they really dig into Dolph's, you know, like, catalog, might not even see it. Because, like you said, he has, like, a shit ton of acting credits. So you'd have to kind of go a ways back into his history to see, you know, like, movies like this and The Punisher and stuff like that that he did in the, you know, like, late 80s, early 90s. Um, Still the best Punisher. The Dolph Punisher? Absolutely. 
You, would, do you like him better or the Netflix Punisher? Still Dolph. Still Dolph, really? Because Dolph didn't get canceled. He did this movie. <laughs> he didn't get canceled halfway through. Oh, man. That's uh, that's really low. <laughs> we're, we're sorry, Joe Bernthal. You, you, you're doing a good job, man, but... If you would have but been the mouse to had to cut it. out your legs from under you because now, now they're going to move everything yeah. over to Disney+. It was Plus. actually Netflix's decision because they still own the TV rights. So oh. you cannot blame it on Disney Stream. It wasn't on the mouse? The mouse didn't make that this call? This is not Disney's fault. They were just trying to do a preemptive strike on Disney and I think they lost subscribers. <laughs> well, the last thing that I, I saw about Netflix said that their subscribers did go down. Because they raised Recently? the fucking prices. Well, that. They, they canceled every goddamn thing anybody likes. Like the <laughs> unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, you fuck faces. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, uh, but I have been watching this show on Netflix called Chewing Gum. It's actually pretty funny if you like British comedies. I do. So, yeah, it's pretty funny. It's like a... It, Speaking of British It's comedy, like a British sex comedy, basically. Did you know that Ricky Gervais did stand-up after he did TV? Yeah. Like, he was doing the TV and the office stuff, and he kind of felt bad about being comedian without doing stand-up. Right, so he just started doing it. So then he started doing stand-up. Yeah. And he said he was fucking awful <laughs> for a long time. And then he just started written out theater so he could just test shit. Right. And that's how he got good at stand-up. Mm-hmm. Well, like the one that I remember he did, uh, was it for HBO? It was like uh, Ricky Gervais back in England or whatever. It was like, that was like, what, 2007, 2008? He went back to London and did like a show over there. And that one was really good. That one was pretty funny. Yeah, because he didn't start doing stand-up until he's like fucking 40 years old or yeah, something. Yeah, because he like that. that's not the kind of comedian that he was. He was... But he's fucking awesome at stand-up now. He was like, I was fucking awful. But I felt bad about being a, t- a comedian... Without ever doing stand up, right? Because he's more of a of a TV type of comedian where he just does, yeah, you know, TV production and stuff. Because that's kind of like what his his bread and butter is. Yeah. Because extras was like that. Extras was yeah TV yeah. show. Now, now he's fucking amazing. Office. Like literally, if he ever came anywhere close to here, I'd go see a stand up. Oh, if yeah, Gervais came around. Oh yeah, I would love to see him live yeah. because I've always liked Ricky. I always liked the uh, uh, the. You know the Ricky Gervais podcast, the original podcast that he did with Merchant and Pelkington. That's that, that's. Uh, I even I bought the audiobook versions just so I could have like permanent copies, I, which I don't really fuck with iTunes anymore. So I might have to rebuy them if I want to listen to them again. We should make but, church that just say I don't fuck with iTunes. I don't fuck with iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, like th- those original podcasts, especially like with with Carl Pilkington and and Stephen Merchant, like those were hilarious. And then he even took those and adapted them for HBO and turned them into the into the Ricky Gervais cartoon. And it's basically just like an animated version of the podcast. And it's so fucked up when you actually can see these things happening. He should have got Todd McFarlane to animate it for him. For oh, that. HBO. <laughs> no, they actually who they got Hanna Barbera to do it, so they look like Flintstones characters. It's hilarious because I have the first volume on uh, DVD, and then like I bought the second and third seasons on iTunes, and yet again I don't fuck with iTunes, so I would probably have to rebuy them on like you know Google or something. No, you got to do that thing, that movie anywhere thing, where you link all your accounts. I told you this. I do have movies everywhere, you but link it. I don't know, but I I don't know if it links to my iTunes though. You should 
It should. Okay, we'll deal with that later. We'll deal but, with that uh, <laughs> later. This isn't a movies anywhere. This isn't the production. I don't fuck with iTunes. But I don't fuck with iTunes. But if you guys want to see that, we're not going to do that. That would be uh, pretty funny to like have that and then post it on iTunes. Yeah, just post it on iTunes. It's like I don't fuck with iTunes. And then and like, people are like, wait, what the fuck is this show? About? Zero out of five stars. Zero out of five stars. You was, guys are not self-aware. It's like no, we are. We, we are. are. We get it. We're it's, woke. It's total joke. Right. Have you ever heard of Andy Kaufman? We took a li- we take a little comedy from him. It's <laughs> yeah. called the long joke. Uh, oh yeah. Okay, let's get into the comments about this show before we go way the fuck off topic. Right. So the first thing, and this isn't really like a a big comment. I I just saved it simply because. Hold on. Can I guess it, it first? Okay. Dolph Lundgren's dick is way too big. <laughs> is that what it was? No. Ah damn. Um, okay. <laughs> You have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. You know, they said that, like, like, like I actually read a thing that was like, it's racist because in the script it was, it was supposed to be, it's the biggest dick I've ever seen on a white man, and they shortened it down to save time. I was like, how does that save time? I was like, that's not one true. word. I was like, I was like, when I read that, I was like, this isn't a true fact. That can't be right. Because I was like, so this is this. I'm not gonna take anything from this place because that's bullshit. There's no way they're like, yeah, just leave out the word white, Brandon Lee. Right. It, Dolph has the biggest dick ever. Dolph would be like, I'm not comfortable with any of this. Right. <laughs> that, that would have been just the weirdest conversation. So I'm gonna say, none of that happened. <laughs> Now, the other thing, too, is, like, just <laughs> since we're on that, is that line actually in the script, or is that something that Brandon came up with improv? See, I don't even think it's in the script. That was part of it, that was part of it because Dolph didn't seem like he knew how to react to that whenever it happened. Because it, like... it feels like that reaction is genuine, where he's kind of like, oh, okay, like, Brandon's just, he's just throwing shit out there. Yeah, he was like, he's... I, yeah, because Dolph's like, I don't, I don't know what to say to that, and he was like, just say don't get killed, and he was like... Don't get killed. Yeah, that that's, had to have been improv. That's I why like I that said that. Because yeah. I'm like, that doesn't feel like that was in the script. That felt like when they're when they're at his house and that Brandon they're, Lee's they're like, doing I that. I see you stripped down. You know, right? Yeah. And then he, then right before the action starts, Brandon Lee's like, I'm gonna say some crazy shit. Just to fuck with Dolph. Yeah, and the, like, and he actually didn't break character, so yeah. they kept it. Yeah, I, I I agree with you on that because I was I read that that had to like, have been improv. I was like, that's not credible. There's no way. That that right there was like, hey, just drop the word white and just say he has the biggest dick of all time or something. And it's like, I just... I think Brandon just came up with that on the fly and I they just kept it. I don't think that's where you would cut the time at, even no. if it was in the script. Don't say the word white. We'll save a second. Right. <laughs> it doesn't make any goddamn sense. That, yeah, it's like, how much audio is that? <laughs> Like a second's worth, like how, what you're, you're. And how's also when I read that, how's that racist? Uh, so uh, white people can't have big dicks. <laughs> John Holmes, motherfucker. <laughs> Fucking Ron Jeremy and stuff, man. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but anyway, so this first little small comment, it says, uh, "I found this movie in the bargain bin at Walmart." <laughs> This should be the first clue as to how good of a movie it is. Secondly, it stars the lame action star Dolph Lundgren. That should be the second clue as to how good of a movie this is. I'm still... Steve is already pissed. I can feel his anger. Like the damn dark side. I'm still shocked that it was even put on DVD. Who would waste their money doing such a thing? 
Though, as you might imagine, there aren't any extras or bonus footage on the DVD. In fact, there's not even a menu. It just starts playing. They were so salty about that, they left that. And when I found that, I was like, okay, I gotta save that. Because that is just, that is really nitpicky about being salty. How many movies from the early 90s are gonna have, like, commentary and trailers and, you know, like a, a, a crazy menu? They're basically just copying it directly off a of VHS tape, put it on there, and have it work in autoplay. It's going to be really, really low-key release. You're not going to find, like... I mean, unless they do, like, a director's cut or, like, a special anniversary cut of this movie where they include, like, some cool behind-the-scenes stuff, you're probably not going to have, like, a really amazing release for this movie because, you know, it... I mean, it is from, like, 1991. It's an older movie. And they didn't really do cool DVD stuff for, for movies from this time, you know? Yeah, so... Yeah, the the a lot of things don't have menus that existed before the technology of DVD. So, and the other thing, Walmart value bins. Those movies that are in those don't mean that they're bad. It just means that they're older. Right. Avatar is in that. <laughs> right. You can find the Avenger movies in that. The first one in Age of Ultron. Right. Billion dollar movies. Because haven't you found a bunch of movies like at Walmart and just yeah. bought them? You can get Iron Man out of that. Right. You can get fucking anything out of the... As long as they're old enough, you can get them. Especially if they're DVDs. Right. Uh, but not like Tombstone. A Tombstone. I got that out of one of them. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. That's the copy that I have, yeah, right? Yeah, the copy I got you. That's where I got yep. it. I got it out of the value thing. And Tombstone is the greatest goddamn western of all time. Right. We did an entire episode on Tombstone. I fucking love that so movie. So you're telling me every movie that's in there and doesn't have a fucking... Tombstone doesn't have a fucking uh, menu. Uh, it has the little... When you put it up there and then you have to hit play. Yep. Yeah, there's no fucking previews before Tombstone because what the fuck would be up there previewing? It's like, hey, we're in a preview fucking, you know... Phantom of the fucking Opera or some shit. I don't even know what came out that year that was better than Tombstone. We're going to do a preview of Dr. Zhivago, you know. Yeah, here's Dr. Zhivago. Or Dances with Wolves or something. I don't know. <laughs> Dances with and Wolves. And you're like, I don't want to see this shit. I want to see fucking Doc Holliday <laughs> and goddamn Wyatt Earp. <laughs> yeah. And Dances with Wolves was a, you know, that was, it was a pretty good movie on its own right. Not to diss that one. But then that had controversy years later because people were like... Well, he's a white guy. It's like, yeah, the whole story's about that he's a white guy. No one's saying he's Native American. <laughs> That's what kind of upsets me about some of that stuff is, you know, you have like the like the Last Summer on with Tom Cruise, which isn't a great movie, and it's all right. <laughs> but if the only thing you can say about it is like, well, he's white. It's like, yeah, they tell you at the first of the fucking story why he's there. It's not like, yeah, they found him and he's like the best samurai of all of them. He's not even the best of all of them. <laughs> he's not even the last samurai. It's not about him. Well, and isn't that story based on real life anyway? It's based on real life. And yeah. it was a white guy. It was a true story. But he's yeah. not the last samurai. The samurai are the last samurai. Fucking pay attention. They're not saying like, yeah, this white guy is the last one of the samurai. He can't be samurai. He's not Japanese for one. Yeah. Uh, even if he trains how to be one, he's, a he's not the last one. Yeah, he, yeah, he's a gaijin. Pay the fuck attention. They're saying this is the last of the samurai. 
the people that are still samurai fighting against goddamn machine guns. That's what the movie's about. Right. <laughs> but people don't watch movies all the way through. We know this. Yeah, nobody fucking pays attention to anything. Yeah. Fucking playing Snake on their goddamn Nokia on phone. On their Nokia phone, yeah. Fucking Snake game. <laughs> but anyway, so getting into the first, like, real, like, regular comment, right? So... The thing that happens with action movies a lot of times is that people think that if you have an action movie, you have to have dialogue or a script that can rival, like, I don't know, like Citizen Kane or The Godfather or something like that. Like, everybody thinks that every single movie that's made has to have, like, an an Academy Award winning, like, script or screenplay or whatever. Dialogue in Godfather was good if you could fucking hear it. Right. Most people mumbled in that fucking movie, and it irritated the shit out of me, but keep going. Okay. So, it says, uh, uh, and we'll just start off with this, because this person has uh, anger issues, and you can tell this from the very first sentence. I'll just read it. The writer for this movie deserves to be tortured and killed. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's the first sentence in this comment. It has one of the worst scripts ever written, and is plagued with terrible one-liners, remarkably unbelievable and fake dialogue and inappropriate comments like Lee's comment on Lundgren's dick, which I'll mention later. There isn't one single sincere sounding line in the entire movie. The dialogue and plot go hand in hand as the script and plot both progress in an entirely nonsensical fashion. Two cops hate each other for no apparent reason at the beginning, and then again for no reason at all. Lee's character pulls over to the side of the road, runs around the other side of the car, and says, I'm not going to let you go alone, because despite myself, I like you, and I don't want to see you get killed, or something to that extent. Anyhow, there are disgusting one-liners, mostly said by Brandon Lee. For instance, when duking it out with a bad guy, Lee says, you have the right to remain silent. You have the right to be dead. Lastly... I'll mention the entirely inappropriate and nonsensical uh, comment that Lee makes about Lundgren's dick. <laughs> he says nether regions, but we know what he's talking about. He's talking about Dolph's wang. When bad guys start to attack after a seemingly random love scene between Lundgren and Tia Carrere, and Lundgren decides to fight them off in his underwear, Lee says to him, In case we die, I just wanted to let you know that you have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a guy. It's actually on the biggest dick I've seen in a man. This guy fucked it up. He quoted it wrong. Yes, he actually says that. It makes no sense, and he isn't even possible. Uh, His dick was Lee... so big, Tia Carrera heard him coming. Continue. I fucking forgot where I was now. I'm laughing so hard. Uh, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> it makes no sense and isn't even possible. Lee never actually sees Lundgren naked. So how would he know? But the writer threw it in the script anyway. The entire movie looks like some kind of uh, video game, and Lee even admits it. After Lee and the underwear-only Lundgren defeat all of those bad guys, Lee makes a comment that is also truly beautiful. Wow, this is like uh, some kind of a video game, and we just defeated the first wave. Well, for one... Let's unpack there. Okay, there's not really a lot. This guy didn't pay attention. Literally, before he says the line... You have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. Right before then, he said, I seen you strip down to go in that hot tub. I'd be afraid too. 
Right. And then tick, tick, tick a few minutes later. If we, you know, if we both die here, I just want you to let you know. You have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. Right. So thank you. So, he he's, has seen him naked, because he's seen him stripped down to go in the hot tub. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's, when, that, that's, that's right literally before, the line before. Right. He actually does. So, he, you miss that line, but you can criticize this movie. Right. Because if you weren't paying attention, and... You know, this is 1991, so I don't know. I don't think they would have been on a. They wouldn't have been on a cell phone, but I don't know. Maybe they're just looking up at the rafters, like, ah, oh, is this movie fucking over with? Um, but the thing, but like the thing is, is that like, uh, no, this person didn't see it. Uh, they they saw it like on streaming or something later, or they might have been the same person who said the thing about the DVD. Actually, yeah, I, actually, I think this was the person who saw it on DVD. Um, but. Uh, but the thing is, is that, like, yeah, if you're not, like, maybe if you're watching it now on DVD, and then, like, they're, you know, they're doing that scene, and then you're like, oh, okay, let me check my text messages real quick, and it's like, you have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. It's like, what the fuck? Why is he talking about the dude's dick? He's never seen it. It's because you were fucking around on your phone, yeah. and you weren't paying attention to, like, three minutes or earlier when he, he explained. paying attention, but he's stupid. Right. <laughs> Which is what I'm going with. But that's the thing that always gets me is that people want to talk about like the scripts on these don't make sense and people say lines that aren't based in reality and like literally he explains, yo, I saw you strip down to get into the hot tub. He just kind of randomly caught a glance of him, I guess, because he was, you know, they're, they're kind of worried that maybe some of the villains, bad guys have actually tracked him to Kenner's house, which they did, which they did. So he's probably looking around outside like, okay, is there anybody like creeping out in the trees? Meanwhile, I mean, he is a cop, right? So right. his instincts are like, okay, we're in relatively a safe location, but if they know where Kenner lives, there might be dudes creeping around in the trees and I need to kind of be aware. So he's just kind of like looking around outside the house and he's like, oh shit, Kenner's like naked going to the hot tub. And then of course, you know, Monaco uh, was Tia Carrere. She joins him in the hot tub and they kind of have like a little moment. And then later on, they have a really good moment. Um, but yeah, he—if you're not paying attention, then you totally miss that line, and then you think that that other line about his wang doesn't make sense. And it's like, no, it totally does if you pay attention. Yet again, watch the fucking movie, pay attention, stay off your cell phone, I mean, or your those, tablet, those or whatever. Those lines were literally not even minutes apart. They were they were like seconds apart. Right. Well, literally, that was in the the span of one conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's not that hard. It's like not even a minute apart, I don't think. Take your meds. Make sure you can just focus on something for a little bit before you Squirrel. come on here. And, and write a comment. But most likely this guy probably wrote this review after he was been he was to a party. Because movies like this are great movies to play in background of parties too. Because it's visually pretty cool. You know, a lot of nakedness. Not a naked bunch of titties. Right. Um uh, Game of Thrones could have used some titties like this every now and then. Right. <laughs> Got had some great titties, but man, these were some pretty awesome titties. Although some titties are ruined for you because they're like, you know, iced out, decapitated titties. Right, and yeah. It just doesn't feel right to be like, it's, man, those are really... It's like, it's man, like, I was kind of digging this and now you've ruined my boner. Yeah, yeah, it's like, no, I can't, <laughs> I can't really get down with them titties because it's a, a headless girl's titties. Right, so now you just, now you have this really awkward, weird boner that you can't explain now. 
It's it's like watching <laughs> the Black Dahlia movie or whatever, and you're just like, man, that girl's never mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, shit, there goes that. <laughs> um, but, uh, like, the whole thing about one-liners, it's a fucking, it's an action movie. One-liners are one of the things that's kind of a requirement for action movies. Yeah, so... Why do people complain about that all the time? Where it's like, oh, the cheesy one-liners, fuck this, this movie. Because this guy's goddamn, like, 26 years old or something, and he doesn't understand the amazingness of one-liners. It's the best. Right. It's the best. Action movies, action movies, created the best generation of wrestlers. And I can explain this really quickly, because the best wrestlers of all time always have, like, a line. Yeah. Or something they can say. Where do you think they got that from? Themselves? Action stars. That's where they got it from. Stallone, Schwarzenegger. Yeah. You know... You know, you think everybody needs a catchphrase? I mean, they used to not have that. You never heard Andre the Giant come out and have a catchphrase? It didn't happen until later. Later, you know, you could have... You had people that came out and said cool shit. What you gonna do, brother? What you gonna when do? They, when these, yeah. when these yeah. pythons wrap around you, you yeah, know? Yeah, stuff and... like that. And you're like, yeah, where do you think that came from? That came from the Stallones and uh, Schwarzeneggers and Dolph Lundgrens and... You know, uh, stuff like that. And that's the bottom line, because Stone, Stone Cold, Cold said, said so. so. And that's why these guys can leave wrestling and go into action movies. Right. Because they're already programmed for it. Yeah, <laughs> but that's that's the reason why you have, like, you know, because Austin's done a few movies, and, like, The Rock has done, like, shit tons. I think The Rock is in every movie yeah. at this point. Cena's doing um, more, like, family comedies or, like, stuff like that now but yeah he, he's kind of in hollywood but even like batista when batista. batista left and you know was doing like the bond movie and then you know drax for um guardians of the galaxy and all that kind of stuff it's like th- he's like the perfect guy to play drax because he can do all the physical stuff but he also can do the humor and he can do the crazy one-liners yeah because it's batista that's you know um but you know it's A lot of times I think when people complain about the one-liners, I'm like, the main thing about an action movie, especially a movie like this that runs not even 80 minutes. You said it was like 79 minutes. 79 minutes. 79 minutes. Like, they don't even give it, like... It was supposed to be a 90-minute movie, but the Warner Brothers studio got involved and they cut it down to 79 because they were like, we're really not going to release this. And then the... We're not really behind this now. Yeah, the Mark L. Lester guy was like, well... After after this, I'm not going to work with studios anymore. I'm going to independently finance my own movies so I can make the movies I actually want to make. So that's what he does now. He still makes movies, but he makes the movies that he wants to make. And, yeah, um, yeah it's been doing good. But doing. that's just the thing about action movies is that, like, when you have a movie like this, that they basically have all this stuff that they have to accomplish. You have to set up Kenner, which is Dolph Lundgren, the white guy, you have to set up. Uh, was it Murata as the uh, Brandon Lee's character, the the his new partner uh, that they're bringing in to help him? And you know, you're you have the whole thing where they're trying to put the or they're putting the drugs in the uh, the beer, and he's running that little thing because they're trying to get their like drug stuff going. And you have all this yakuza stuff. You have all the yakuza stuff that you have to do. 
with uh, Kerry Tagawa and you know it's his like putting people. the skooma into honeymead Bury and then they distribute out to all of Skyrim. <laughs> or yeah, like when you put the rat poison <laughs> in the uh, uh, what is it the the honey? I was using the drug from Skyrim and oh yeah, it'd be kind of like if you yeah. put skooma in the yeah. beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because because uh, Khajiit loves skooma. Um, but uh. <laughs> Uh, it's, but that's the thing. Like you have so many things that you have to do. You have to set up Kenner and Marana meeting. You have to set up the, um, you know, the, the, the plot lines of them putting the drugs into the beer and then Kenner tracking them down. And then you have the, you know, the thing where, uh, Monaco, you know, she gets, uh, taken in by, um, uh, was it Yoshida? Yoshida's the villain, right? That's Kerry yeah, Tagawa. Yeah, yeah. His character's name is is Yoshida. Killed Yoshida. Doll's parents. Yeah, he, he. You know, you have to set that up. You have to tell that story yeah. of, you know, his parents being uh, killed by Yoshida when he was like a kid because his dad was military and lived in Japan. Had like a, I think he had like a Japanese wife, or he took a Japanese wife after he had him. I think. Yeah, because yeah. Doll's all American, but he grew up in Japan. He grew up in Japan, and then like uh, so he he learned you know Japanese culture while he was there. That's one of the reasons why his house is Japanese style, Japanese furniture, you know the paper walls, all that kind of stuff. And he has, um, like uh, I'm trying to think, like what's the does he just use does he just use karate in this movie or does he do like a hapkido or or what bushido it's it's bushido okay so well, it's, he uses multiple things because he because he, he does knows how to use the katana so he would know bushido to some yeah, degree he does use bushido and he does he does use multiple things actually in this movie he uses some taekwondo yeah because and, of the uh, kicks yeah yeah so he, Which he uses a couple Dolph things. actually knows in real life is taekwondo yeah he's a he's a master at taekwondo he's like a, a oh uh, yeah so he is like belt, a yeah. he's a master yeah um but that's just the thing like you have so many things that you've got to cram in in 79 minutes and wrap up everything nicely with a bow at the end you don't you you don't have time to have like 15 minute dialogue scenes your dialogue has to be relatively quick and to the point that's the thing that people I like I think, how the forget. bad guy like gets in the spinny thing at the end and then just like blows up. I wasn't expecting that when I first watched it. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's got like the... a cool sword fight and then he just like tosses him and then it's like Poosh, boom and you're like, holy shit <laughs> That you got fucking slaughtered. He gave Yoshida a very fantastic death. <laughs> but um Yeah, go ahead and let's do the next comment. Well, we're going to take a break here. Okay. And then when we come back, we'll go ahead and jump into the next comment. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be right back. Okay. And we're back. Yeah, that uh, the reason that you had to go system of a down is because Warner Brothers basically gave no fucks about the soundtrack of this movie. Yeah. So we basically just we were like, fuck it, let's just play some random shit. We're just gonna have a little bit of fun. Of course, that was System of Down, sugar, sugar, whatever they were a band. Yeah. And doing band stuff. Doing band, doing actual band stuff. Yeah. Instead of being a bunch of dick faces. <laughs> oh man. 
Okay. So, uh, we already talked about, like, the dialogue and the one-liners and all that stuff, right? right? So, the other thing that people hate about this is the entire fucking story. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. Let's hear their educated facts. Right, about how dumb the story is, right? Okay, so, it says, The plot of this movie is despicable. It suffers, in my opinion, mainly from the fact that it just doesn't exist. Uh, in the trailer for this movie, which IMDb has available for viewing, by the way, makes it sound like the movie is about two cops trying to stop the Japanese Yakuza from taking over L.A. This is extremely misleading, however, since the movie has practically nothing to do with that at all. They make a very brief uh, and vague reference to the Yakuza trying to start up a methamphetamine business with uh, local drug gangs, but the entire movie actually revolves around the poorly written attempt for Kenner to get revenge uh, for the death of his parents. While the Yakuza leader, uh, Yoshida, uh, who the Yakuza leader, uh, Yoshida, killed when he was only nine. The entire plot can basically be summed up like this. Yoshida wants Kenner dead. Kenner wants Yoshida dead. And the two try to kill each other. And of course, all the while, Kenner's uh, sarcastic sidekick... Uh, named Johnny and played by Brandon Lee, acts like an ignorant idiot, and Tia Carrere gets naked twice. Um, her acting is one of the worst parts of this movie. The dialogue is so unrealistic, and the entirely insincere portrayal of it emphasizes this even more. You'd expect poor acting from action, from action stars anyway, but this movie highlights some of the most unimaginably bad acting ever recorded. <laughs> Bad acting from Brandon Lee, T. Carrera, and Dolph Lundgren. And Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa. Mm. Yeah, all those people are terrible, right? According to these jackasses, people people fucking hate Dolph Lundgren. Just, <sighs> like, full stop. People think that Dolph has no range, and he's just the same meathead muscle guy in every movie. And I, he's not at all. I would like, just for once, on this show, for someone to name the examples of action movies where... Every actor in it was fucking Leonardo DiCaprio. But the thing about that is Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't do action movies. No. Brad Pitt doesn't do action movies. They do movies with action in them. They're not action stars. No. Action movies I feel like I've said this a lot of times on this show. <laughs> we cover a lot of action movies so yeah, you probably have. Don't have to have, like, um, you know, the you don't have to have the fucking overdramatic content. Which, honestly, if you're this fucking, you know, badass fucking L.A. cop that's fucking training Bushido and fucking Taekwondo and all kinds of other shit, would you be all crying and shit all the time? And would you be, like, overacted it? Or would you just do your job to get your fucking revenge? You tell him he wasn't acting whenever he was holding the gun up to that dude's, you know, fucking uh, dude's head about to shoot him when all the guns were on him. And Mar yeah, his yeah. hands are fucking shaking. That wasn't acting. What, what the fuck was it then? Yeah, and Murata's like, you know, think yeah. about this, like, you know... I'm going to die too. <laughs> yeah, he's like, think about this. If yeah, you do this, gonna I'm going to die too. You're going to kill me too. Over your revenge shit. And he's yeah. like, yeah, you're right. Maybe I should just chill. Yeah. 
you know, this is a really bad time. Because he could have easily killed him right there, but he also would have ended up killing Murata as, you know... And dying himself. Yeah, and he would have died just himself. just like a bunch of death. Uh, yeah. It's, this isn't a Tarantino film. No. And that, and, but that scene, you really feel it because you're like, shit, this is, uh, this is some really deep-seated stuff right yeah, there. Yeah, and if you can't feel it, maybe you're just bad at watching movies. Yeah, or maybe, maybe you have no soul. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't watch movies. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's not the people that's doing movies shouldn't be in them. Maybe you shouldn't be watching them. Because if you can't watch this and feel something from him having, like him pulling the gun, Kenner pulling the gun on Yoshida and having it right in his head and Yoshida's like, do it. Like, just do it right now because if you kill me, you're going to die too. It's it's a stalemate. You don't get anything out of this. Yeah, that's the emotional connect of the movie. If you can't connect there, you should just turn it off. Right. Because you're never going to connect if you can't connect there. So, but that that's not the movie's fault. That's your fault. Because you're not, you don't know, and maybe this movie might not be for you. Maybe you should watch the Devil Devil Wears Prada again, <laughs> and cry at the scene where you know Anne Hathaway walks away from it all instead of doing all this stuff. I've never seen it. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> These are the kind of people. Of course, that... I've seen it. It's the Devil Wears Prada, fucking Meryl Streep. Right. <laughs> um, it would be like. You know, these are the kind of people that would watch Made in Manhattan and be like, I can't take this seriously. It's not meant to be taken seriously. Yeah. It's, like, it's a... you, need to, you need to check your expectations sometimes for movies. Because people do this kind of shit all the time. Like, overanalyzing The Matrix. It's right. Like, it's, a, it's, a fuck, it's basically a fucking movie about a computer program. I mean... That enslaves people. That enslaves people... And then there's like 90,000 fan theories of it, and then also 90,000 people that hate it. Guarantee you those people that hate it are the people that came up with the fucking fan theories. Right. It's the same thing with Game of Thrones. I fucking hate this shit. Uh, you know, nine seasons in or whatever. It was like a scene on one of the, the old school cracked videos or whatever. It's like, look, if you, you hate The Walking Dead, just stop watching it. He's like, I can't stop watching it. I, I, started, I started watching it. Right. And it's like... Nine seasons in. Yeah. <laughs> you can stop at any time. It's like, well, I started it, so... Might as well finish it. Oh, so now you're just going to bitch about it. Now you're just going to bitch, that's, yeah. That's what people do. They start it, they can't stop it, so they decide to bitch about it. I didn't like that... I didn't like that episode because, uh... Uh, so-and-so didn't die. It's like, well, you don't control and that shit. And Negan did this instead of the thing that I wanted him to do. Yeah, I wanted to do this. Instead, he did this and killed this person. And it's like, yeah, okay, well, I mean... You don't write the fucking show. If you want to write your own shit, write your own shit. People always talk shit about Twilight, right? But what did that lady do? She's like, I want to write my own vampire shit. I'm just going to write my own books. Yeah, and she did it, and then she made Robert Pattinson happen. Right. So, fuck you. Our new Batman. (laughs) Yeah. He's goddamn Batman. (laughs) What are you? You're sitting at home on your goddamn computer. And then you'll be like, oh, well, I didn't like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give your podcast a one star. We do not give a fuck. Right. <laughs> give us a one star. I don't give a shit. Right. <laughs> but, means not dick all to me. <laughs> no. It means something to you because you're dickless. It means nothing to me. Right. And you would be <laughs> jealous of Kenner's dick in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kenner's dick is giant. <laughs> <laughs> if he wasn't such a good cop and martial artist... 
Could have been a porn star. Could have been a porn star. A gentle lover, though. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, man! Like when he, like when he, when he has sex with with Monaco, it's very, it's very tender and very loving. Yeah. But like literally, loving. but it makes sense in the context of the story because, like literally, Yoshida raped her when he took her back over to his house. Yeah, and he saved her from uh, uh, from seppuku. Yeah, seppuku. Because she was about to. Yeah, because like Johnny is on the um, the binoculars, and it's like, yeah, she's like laying some stuff out, and you know she's got like a, some kind of a robe on, and he's like, oh shit, and he looks yeah. at, it, and he was like, oh god, she's like, about to commit yeah, seppuku. Go, go chase down, dude. I, I got this. Yeah, There's I like nine guys Monaco. in there, and it's funny because that comes back around. And it was like, it was like, well, you saved her, and he's like, yeah, I killed nine guys. <laughs> I had to kill about nine guys. <laughs> So he's like, yeah, we're probably pretty fucked now. Then they go to the bathhouse and yeah. have that little war, and then Brandon Lee's Oh, like, the fight in the bathhouse is awesome. It's pretty great. And the spa, like, yeah. Uh, that's been also duplicated. But yeah, I'll I'll mention at the end of the episode who blatantly ripped this off, even some of the most simplest stuff in this, but I'm going to save until the oh, end of the episode. Oh, like, uh, should I say it, or are you going to wait, just wait? You, you can have a guess at it. With Deadpool, right? Well, Deadpool De- definitely Deadpool ripped too? it off, but before that, yeah, that, that definitely was a straight takeaway. From Showdown. Because that reminded Tokyo. me a lot of Showdown in Little Tokyo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like even one of the things where he was like, after the bathhouse, he's like, this might sound strange coming for the, from a cop, but let's get the fuck out of here. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Because yeah, Brendan Lee really is the comedy in this movie because Kenner doesn't really have like comedy lines. Really. He has like a few things that are kind of funny here and there. But, you know, Murata is supposed to be, like, the well, comedy the torture relief. scene is really, it's actually kind of funny, which is weird. Yeah. He's like, he's like, you're not supposed to do that without, <laughs> without basting us first. He's like, yeah, you stupid fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It reminded me of the, uh, actually, that scene kind of reminded me of the scene of Punisher or whatever. Whenever he was getting tortured on the table in uh, his Punisher movie. So it was kind of cool throwback, I think. Kind of an homage to yeah. his uh, Punisher movie, yeah. Um, but like when people say that, like you know, the way that the trailer looks, because people are looking up the trailer to this movie from nineteen ninety fucking one. Uh, all trailers right? looked awful. <laughs> but it's like the the trailer is that like you know it looks like they're trying to break up like the the yakuza and that they're they're not really explaining to people that it's really more of a revenge movie. And I'm like, realistically, it's both. They intersect because Yoshida has taken over, or he's, uh, I don't know if, like, he's recently come back from Japan. Uh, I don't know if I remember that part from the movie or not, but Yoshida shows up, and he buys the club where Monaco works, right? And so he's, uh, he buys that club because when Kenner shows up, it's like, yeah, we're under new management, and he's like, oh, shit, because... He could deal with the old management, and he was like, you know, trying to figure out who the new management is. And then when he sees the dragon tattoo on his chest, his, his yakuza tattoo, yeah. uh, it's the was the it the iron, iron claw? claw? Yeah. Um, when he sees that, he's like, "Fuck, this is Yoshida," because he recognizes that tattoo and the symbol. And then there's the whole thing where they're gonna hide in a, what's it called, like Lucky Dragon Beer? Isn't that what it was called? Red Dragon. Red Dragon Beer. Okay. Uh, they're gonna hide the drugs in the beer, basically, and so the whole yeah, thing. Like that way, American can enjoy our beer and our drugs during football games. Right, <laughs> that was a hilarious line. I like right, that. he was like American kid. And if you're a, if you're a Patriots fan, you probably do need to be on drugs yeah, for that shit. <laughs> to root for that cheating bullshit. Look how but, Tom Brady makes out with his son. Perfect. It's like what? 
I think I killed John. <laughs> oh god. Oh god. Oh, I'm going lightheaded now. <laughs> Are we still recording? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just. I was thinking, like. That's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. He had to do that shit right as I was taking a drink of beer. Oh, God. Oh, shit. Oh, man. Okay, I was not expecting that. <laughs> me out of nowhere. But, like, literally getting back to the movie. Literally, the plot of this movie is that they are trying to move these drugs through the beer... And he's trying to set this up, and he's bought the club, I'm guessing, to be, like, part of it. Because he has the club, and then he has the brewery that he's doing. And the whole thing is that uh, in the midst of trying to uh, stop the Yakuza stuff with the drugs, he happens across Yoshida, and now there's this extra plot added in where it's like, this is the guy that killed his parents, and so he's definitely not going to let this dude escape. He's definitely going to have to take this dude out. Yep. But he also they're also having to deal with the other stuff too, like Monaco getting raped because she gets taken by Yoshida. She gets captured, basically. She's like kidnapped, essentially. Um, and then he has to get her out. And then you know he is also they're also trying to stop the the drug thing. That's one of the reasons why they they crash the truck into the side of the brewery. Because there's like this whole thing going on where he has all these all the different gangs that he's trying to get buy in, and it's like you know you guys will get a cut of whatever we make off of this. And then uh, Kenner and Murata show up with the truck and the guns and shit. Oh, like, where the fuck out of here? Yeah, they're like we're we're getting the fuck out of here like super fast. So there's that whole plot element where it's like they're also trying to break up that drug stuff because. You know, who knows how much meth that they've put in all of that, uh, um, and all of that beer, because like, if that gets out into the street, that's just going to be, whoa, that's going to be way too much for them to deal with, to try and track down all those bottles, because not all those bottles are going to be drug beers. They're going to be regular beers. It's going to be a fucking nightmare if that shit hits the streets, because it's going to be so hard to police any of that. So that's realistically what they're trying to do. A lot of meth beer. Might even call some meth gators like it's happened in Florida. Right. Because, <laughs> of course, it'd be Florida. Right. Florida's where all the crazy Stop shit happens. Stop flushing your meth down the toilet. You're creating meth gators. It's like, that happened in Florida. Like, literally, if I read that story, people would be like, Florida. Yeah, it's totally Florida. Florida. Like, yeah. the gators are everywhere. Is that actually happening where yes. meth is getting into the gators and it is affecting them? Yes. I, I thought you were fucking with me no, on that, that's but that's story. actually a real there thing. There are meth gators, and it did happen. That is, is happening. happening in Florida. Yeah. Now. They're, they're like, please stop. Like, police are like, please stop flushing your drugs down the toilet. Because the gators because are getting to it. Because it's creating meth gators. <laughs> Jesus. Like, the police are like, just give it to us, and we won't even arrest you. Stop creating meth gators. Right. So, do you think eventually Florida's going to be the, the first state to create a supervillain? 
Like, we're going to have some kind of a comic book supervillain because of them doing crazy shit I, to the I water. I think Florida will create the zombie apocalypse. The zombie apocalypse? And if it's be, not meth, be, it's going to be basalts. Yeah, that's what I mean. It will be zombies in the sense of, like, movies and stuff. But it'll be zombies wherever they create some type of weird disease that makes people want to eat other people. Or, like, drug zombies. Drug zombies, and then it's just an outbreak. And then we're just going to have to nuke Florida. <laughs> just break it off. And and we will. <laughs> we'll, you know, fly Pitbull out of there, and then just boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did we save, sir? Pitbull and the Orlando Magic. Fuck, did we have to keep the magic? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, we... Oh, shit. Oh, no, we... they're dead. I thought I thought we sent a helicopter. <laughs> well, we fucked that up. Sorry, guys. Uh, All right, now just saw that shit off and let it sink in the sea. That's not how that's not how land works. But I get what you're saying. No, we'll just fence it off. I get. We'll put up a wall. Yeah, because apparently that shit works. Because <laughs> um, planes so. don't exist. Our ladders. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, you know, walls don't do very much when you have a th- when you have a thing called verticality. <laughs> uh, when you can go vertical, uh, you can't build a wall that can keep a plane out. Or helicopters. Or, or a helicopter, you know, you know. Hot air balloons. And then you have to deal or, with all the underground tunnels as well. Or boats. Boats, yeah. You know, boats. If you're... <laughs> boats, boats, don't have to, boats don't have to, you know, live up to your, your expectations of fucking walls. Were you going to put a wall along the coastline? If that shit worked, it wouldn't wouldn't have uh, somebody already put a wall up like uh, Puerto Rico or something. You know, people be like, oh, it's cute. let's keep the Cubans out because <laughs> here's a wall in the water. Cuba's like, yeah, we own our own fucking country. You can't yeah. do that. And it's like, no, yeah. we're doing this to keep all the Cubans out. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that's not What, out work. of your country? Out of your country? Right. <laughs> You can't put a wall up in front of our fucking country. You guys own Puerto Rico. Go put shit over there. See? Doesn't that sound crazy? Right. That just sounds crazy. It just sounds stupid, doesn't it? But anyway, um, one thing, another thing too about this is where it says, um, uh, Tia Carrere gets naked twice. Her acting is one of the worst parts of this entire movie. And I'm like, I don't know how people can talk shit about Tia Carrere because, like, she's good. She's in, like, a goddamn and, national treasure. She, she is. in fucking Wayne's World. Exactly. She's amazing in Wayne's World. She's funny. And she's she's beautiful. Would What's you good? say that she's a Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Schwing. Schwing. Uh, well, Tia Carrere is definitely, like, in the Schwing Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, she she's amazing. She's beautiful. She's very comfortable she can in her sing body. Too. I think she probably intimidates people because she's so good looking, and that's where all the hate comes. It's like because people watching it like knows they can never get someone like Tia. Yeah. So those people are always the people that get hated, like Scarlett Johansson syndrome, mm-hmm. because that's exactly why Scarlett Johansson gets hated so much. It's because she's so beautiful and so talented. They're like, nah, nah, fuck, fuck Scarlett Johansson. She can't play. You she know, gets all these roles that these other people could have, and it's yeah, like... It's like, we'll give uh, transgender that role that, of the transgender. It's like, okay, go ahead. Give it to that transgender person. Which one? Um, well, we haven't really... They haven't had opportunities yet, and it's like, how many no, trans we, people get into no, acting? Where Where is the acting school for the trans... Where, where are they? Where are they? Yeah. 
It's like the one chick, the the one chick from Orange is the New Black. Right. Is that no? Oh, the the this is this is a true story. It's supposed to be someone white. Nah, fuck it. Just let her be black. No, no, y'all don't want to do that. Okay. Well then, your movie's dead. Right. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. Fucking Hugo Weaving played a transgender person in a movie before, and he was fucking nominated for awards. Right. He's not transgender. Nope. It it's almost reversed because fucking Jared Leto won an Oscar for it. He's not transgender. So Scarlett he is Johansson, a bitch, though. Yeah, he is a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Scarlett Johansson can't do it, but Jared Leto can. Fuck you guys. Well, and and I th- sometimes I think, especially when it comes to somebody like Tia Carrere, for example, people are going to automatically assume because she's stunningly gorgeous, right? Uh, that she only got in the movie because of her tits and how she looks, and and the fact that she goes naked in her movies is. I Look, think if it, she was getting in the movie for tits and how she looks, they would have fucking casted Tara Reid. Right. <laughs> because <laughs> Tia Carrera was more than that. She, For one, this movie's diverse as fuck. Yeah. Um, I mean, you really like the only... Because they could have totally put a white girl there. Yeah, they could have made... They, yeah. they stuck with an Asian. They made it mostly it's, it's Asian, an Asian It's an Asian club, so... Yeah. Like, you know, it's a it's, mostly Asian cast. It's like almost all Asians and Dolph Lundgren. Right. And I mean, and Brandon is you know he's he's half because he's you know half yeah. Chinese and half American, um, half white basically because of his mom. But but that just shows you the diversity because you have somebody like Brandon who's mixed race. He's you know half white, half Chinese, um, and then you have uh, Tia Carrere who's from Honolulu, um, and we were trying to figure out, but we're I'm thinking that her parents were Thai. I don't know exactly because I didn't go that far. Yeah. But but we know that she's Asian, and then you have Kari Hiroyuki Tagawa, you know, who is Definitely like Japanese. one of the greatest Japanese like actors of all time. Oh yeah, absolutely. and then uh, Toshihiro the Abata, uh, who plays Sato, and you Shredder know, sidekick. and yeah, basically he's like the lieutenant to to Shredder from the Ninja Turtles movie. Um, you know, so you've got he's the lieutenant here too. Yeah, basically it's kind of like we need like a really capable. Like a kind of a silent, <laughs> like a silent badass lieutenant guy to work with this great Japanese villain. It's like, and it's, it's like, like Mar- hey, we'll just get the dude that was like the lieutenant to Shredder in the Ninja Turtles movie. It's like Mark L. Lester was like, can you give me Samo Hunk? And they're like, no. Okay, what about the guy from the Ninja Turtles? Movie? <laughs> yeah. Um, now, I mean, he was pretty cool in the Ninja Turtles movie yeah, because he was, he was good. You really was felt good. like he was a very good number two guy. Yeah. And eventually, if I can, if I can get enough material for it, I would love to do the first Ninja Turtles movie and or the Secret of the Ooze. Maybe if we can I do think it Secret as like of a the ooze would actually have more hate. Secret on Secret of the ooze has more hate, yes, and that's my favorite. But movie. the problem is, is that it's it's harder to find um, enough comments on it that I can we can do a whole episode. So I don't know if maybe we might have to do kind of like a mini episode because when I looked at the stuff for the because I really wanted to do something about the original Ninja Turtles, and realistically there isn't a ton of hate for that movie. Um, as far as IMDb goes, like IMDb, there's like, I think three bad comments on it. And I'm like, I can't make an episode on that. Well, I know where you can find hate on Ninja Turtles. Michael Bay. Right. 
But we don't watch the Michael Bay versions of the Turtles. I'm talking about like the original OG movies, the fucking Jim Henson ones, where they were dudes in suits. Um, so if we end up doing a Ninja Turtles episode, it will more than likely be Secret of the Ooze because there's more hate for that than there is for the original. Um, but uh, uh, but yeah, I I just think that like whenever you're looking at like story stuff in this movie and you know people want to talk about the acting and everything it it's you know uh, Tia Carrere does a very good job in this movie and she's also a singer too because when she does the the segments where she's on stage that's actually her singing well the same thing in Wayne's World yeah in Wayne's World she does her own singing because um, isn't the band in Wayne's World that she plays with like her actual band that she used in real life uh, to play, or was to that an extent? Yeah, they, somewhat. They, okay. They, um, they had a couple of other people like um, kind of boosted up a little bit, like uh, producer wise, because I think uh, Rick Rubin was one of the producers. Or oh, he okay. Was on the set, I, I can't confirm that. I'm just I remember that unless um, we actually do like a Wayne's World episode. Yeah, so yeah. that'll have to be Wayne's World research. But I do remember that it like. Uh, at least some of the members were part of her actual band. Okay, well that was pre- that's pretty cool. And then other others might have just been put on there to try to make the not to sound better. I'm not saying that she she sounds awful. I don't really listen to her band. I don't know what she sounds like. I know what her voice sounds like. I don't know what her band sounds like. Right, like um, the band that she plays with in real life. Like for reals, uh, for so, reals. But I, I'm pretty sure it's beautiful and it's great because she's a talented person and. If she wants to get fucking naked in movies and be hot, that that's not that's that doesn't mean that that's the only reason that you get opportunities. No, and that's a lot of times that's one of the things that happens with especially actresses in Hollywood because if people don't like your performance, the first thing that they do is go... You only got this uh, because you're hot. You only got this because you're hot, or like you fucked the director, and he put in a good word for you, and they casted you, or it was a casting couch thing, like you can only get in this movie if you fuck me, you know, and like that kind of stuff, and it's like... But we, th- these are come from people, the nerds that watch way too much porn, because if you know anything <laughs> right. about casting couches, I mean, they are real, but they're fake. You know what I'm saying? Like, those people don't get you roles. Those are scumbags lying right. to you to fuck you. Yeah. So And a lot of those are just set up just for to be like a story anyway. Like, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. fake. It's all fake. So... Like, the girls know that they're in... It's because it's like a fantasy, right? Yeah, it's a fantasy. It's just yeah. weird, you know, stupid junk. And then, you know, like, actual directors that want to see somebody like uh, Tia Carrera succeed, like Mark L. Lester... Um, you know, he's just like, he, you know, what are you comfortable with? What do you want to do? And she was comfortable with a little bit of everything and she got to get out there. And then, you know, she, she's amazing in Wayne's world and basically everything that she's in and she, she can be hot and sexy and be nude in scenes and stuff like that. A lot of people start off their careers in TV shows and, uh, especially females. And a lot of times they will go nude. And it's not because uh, they're being forced to a lot of times. It's just because, you know, um, sometimes they just want to let people know that they will go further. They will do, you know, they're, they're not going to be people that are like, 
yeah, I know you're making a movie about someone's sexuality, but I'm not going to be naked, and I'm not going to do this. And it's like, well, I can't even make this movie if you don't do those things. Because those are integral to the plot. Yeah, so... But, yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with just selling the person as sex, but if you're making... You know, a lot of movies that have to do a lot to do with acting, and Tia Carrero is trying to do something serious. Um, Jack Black, I was listening to an interview with him. This, this isn't a female thing, but... He had to kind of go through the same stuff because he had to do these movies where he was like, it wasn't really my thing, but I had to do them because I had to show uh, them that Jack Black, me as a serious person, was trying to, to, that I could do more stuff than just like a tenacious D thing. Just comedy stuff. Or just like a comedy stuff. And this was early in his career before he got his big break and... uh, was in like King Kong and everything. It was it was a little before King Kong. He got yeah. his big break in um, oh shit. Uh, what what did he say his real big breaks? Well, School of Rock was his big movie. That's what elevated him. Oh um, yeah, definitely. School of Rock is so one of his biggest. Yeah. But like he said, like he you know that was um, was it um, uh, Mike White? Uh, yeah, Mike White is the one that directed it and stuff. Um, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and he was just like, I didn't want to just, you know, and he didn't either, but he didn't want it to just be like a comedy. He wanted it to be serious and emotional and all that kind of stuff. That's why he wanted Jack Black to do it, not just because they were buddies, because he was like, well, I've seen you in this, and I've seen you in this, and I've seen you know throughout your career, and then you got School of Rock, and then boom. Yeah, he was an enemy of the state, too. Yeah, enemy of the state, yeah. yeah. There was a couple other movies that they were showing... He was in Mars Attacks. Yeah. He was in The Cable Guy, Biodome. Well, as Tenacious D, yeah. Yeah, he was actually... Um, uh, he was actually a pilot in Waterworld. Yeah. Yeah, and... Um, he was yeah. on, like, an episode of The X-Files in 95. He was on an episode of Touched by an Angel. Single guy. He's, he did TV there for a little bit. So I guess yeah, that's Touched by get... an Angel, it was pretty funny because he was, like, skinny. But he was always like... He was a scrapper in Demolition Man. Yeah. He yep. said he fucking hated that movie. Demolition Man? Yeah. Really? <laughs> because he said he actually missed his scene. Because when he was doing the interview, he was like, you, you don't actually ever see me in the movie. Right. Because yeah. I just I just show up to the movie in Demolition Man, and they'd be like, well, we don't have anything for you to do. We don't have anything for you to do. And he's he more like, like an extra. Yeah. And then he was like, "Yeah, I was a, I was an extra." And then he was like, uh, "And one day I uh, went out and partied a little too hard." Tenacious D, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, um, "I was late waking up after I've been going for two months to the set at six a.m. I was late waking up, and I was like, "Shit, let me get there." And I was like, "Fuck, what am I even rush for?" Um, they're not have anything for me to do. And he's like, then my agent called me. And he's like, where the fuck were you? He's like, what are you talking about? He was like, it was your scene. Right. He was like, they were going to put you in there and have you say like, he was like, he's like, they're just going to have me say some dumbass line or whatever. He's like, I don't give a fuck. And he, yeah, I was listening to the interview and he was like, I don't give a fuck. It was a stupid ass line anyway. And he was like, I'm glad I didn't do it. I'm glad I partied that night. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, because then I would have been known as that guy instead of, Scrapper number seven or whatever the fuck I was. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. That's like, well, it ultimately it worked out, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, 
So moving on to the to the next bit here, right? Um, and I, the thing that gets me, uh, like almost every time that we cover an action movie, right? Everybody has shit to say about the action in said movie. Everybody has to bitch about the action, right? They're like the action doesn't make any sense, and all that stuff. Well, what does this guy have to say about the action? So okay. So it says, okay, now we get to the heart of the movie's baseness. I don't know exactly what that means. Baseness? Like, I guess they mean, like, the, the basic, the, the basis of the movie, which is that it's an, it's, a, it's, an, it's an action movie. You know, it's guns and fighting and stuff. Right. The flagrantly bad action. Uh, there's so many astoundingly bad, unrealistic action scenes in this movie. It's just downright impressive they managed to fit all of it in. Although uh, Brandon Lee has his fair share of bad scenes as well, most of the truly terrible action involves Lundgren. For example, uh, Dolph nonchalantly um, takes on four or five kung fu bad guys one-handed without spilling his tea. Then when surprised by an oncoming speeding car, uh, Dolph casually leaps over it. Or how about when he reaches through a closed door, grabs the villain on the other side and pulls him back through and then beats him up. Or when he picks up uh, Tia Carrere's, uh, uh, picks up Tia Carrere, gently walks, not runs, backward through a glass window that shatters around him and leaps uh, down a one-story height with Tia still on his arm, only then to lift up an entire car with the slightest of efforts and uses it as a barricade to shield him from bullets as they get away. All of the shameless gunfights are terrible as well with Lundgren and Lee killing every bad guy instantaneously while the rain of bullets from the 50 attackers never seemed to hit either of them. That is, of course, until the final fight scene of the movie. Lundgren gets shot point-blank in his bare chest in a region that even if it did manage to miss his heart, would still immediately begin to fill his lungs with blood and kill him in a matter of seconds. Despite this... Uh, Lundgren, Kenner, uh, remains in top-notch condition and manages to duke it out in the middle of a parade with Yoshida, the evil supervillain. And of course, the passing people in the parade dressed as samurai are carrying real, fully sharpened katanas, uh, which the two use to sword fight in the street. Now, in addition to this, uh, to this bullet wound, uh, Lundgren also gets several deep slices in his chest and arms from the katana. Does this stop him? No, of course not. In fact, a few seconds later, after easily killing the evil Yoshida, who gets pinned to a dartboard-like wheel and then bursts into flames for no reason, Lundgren casually walks off with Tia Carrere and Brandon Lee as if he wasn't injured at all. God, this is terrible. So this guy wanted a super realistic movie. Um, okay, so I'm going to try to remember all this from what you said because that was super long. Right. <laughs> um... When people get salty, man, they just they're like, "I'm gonna write a fucking essay about how much I hate this movie." Okay, the the people that Dolph Lundgren beats up that he says he couldn't beat up, Dolph probably could actually just beat up anyway. Um, Those are random yakuza goons, man. Those are the kind of people you send out to get protection money from that poor old lady running the restaurant. Those yeah. guys aren't like the most badass yakuza of the group. That's why they send them out because the real, the true yakuza guys that are good, aren't going to be doing low-level shit like that. So, in another thing, he doesn't get shot in his chest. He gets shot in his shoulder. Um, that's pretty... He gets cut in his chest. He gets shot in his shoulder, though. 
Because uh, I'm trying to remember, it's not like dead center. It is offset a bit. Yeah, it's over here. So it's kind of like lower shoulder area. Uh, Maybe chest, armpit. Chest is chest. Right there, front and center. It's pretty easy to see. And he actually did lift that car. That wasn't like anybody like helping him. He did just... Because it doesn't look like he has any help doing that. It's all done in like one take. It's not a stage prop. He he got he gets under it and he, he lifts it. And I mean, the explosions were all rigged as explosions. He, you know... Because you can't shoot under a car and blow it up. Right. It's actually kind of hard to blow up a car, even though Hollywood makes it seem like it's super easy, barely any feel. <laughs> right. Uh, it's like, so we're going to blow up cars in this movie. Oh, yeah, it'll be... It'll be, uh, you know, easy, barely an, you know, an inconvenience. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually Super kind easy. of hard to blow up a car because even if you wreck one and the gas tank leaks and stuff like that, there still has to be, like, a spark. To and catch re- fire. Regardless and... of what they tell you, it's way harder just to get, like, a random spark to happen at the gas tank. Right. It's really hard. I mean, I'm not saying sit in your car while the gas is leaking, get the fuck out. Right. But it's not just going to be, like... Just, just because, like, yeah. there's no, you know, you, you, there's, there's no energy. If you, you wrecked it and your gas tank's leaking and your car's off, what's igniting the fire? Yeah, nothing. nothing. I mean, unless you have an external source of fire, it's yeah. Unless there's something extra or a that, static that, charge, that fire's not gonna catch on fire and it's not gonna blow you up. So, but. Definitely get out of your car if you can. But yeah, Dolph definitely can lift that car. I don't know what he benches, unless you know what he benches. I don't know what he benches, but I know like his his squat was insane back in these days. So I mean, fucking, he's an Ivan Drago mode at this point. So yeah, you know, you you have to see at this point. I think in like nineteen ninety ninety one. I want to say in like eighty nine. Arnold picks up a car or flips a car over in in Commando doesn't he flip a car in Commando yeah so I think in this they were trying to have Dolph do it I want to say yeah yeah I want to say that he was just kind of like I want to have Dolph do it too yeah that's right a lot of people a lot of people thought that Mark L. Lester wanted Arnold to be in this movie but he didn't Uh, Arnold was doing something else and he didn't even ask him. He wanted Dolph. But he wanted a guy kind of like Arnold. And Dolph is the most Arnold-like person there is. Except now, Arnold could only thrive to be Dolph. Because Dolph is in better shape than Arnold. <laughs> but Arnold also is like in his early 70s. So Early I mean, 70s? I mean, Dolph is in his 60s. Yeah. You know? Amazing, amazing. And he still looks like he's in fantastic shape. Dolph but, does. But you know, if you if you're a person that doesn't like Dolph, no matter what Dolph does, it's not gonna it's not gonna change how you feel about Dolph. It's the same thing with us about Channing Tatum. Really, it's just like uh, we're not a fan of Tent- Channing Tatum. He can you know play play fucking President Lincoln or something in the movie. It would just be like which which would be really bad. <laughs> but we would just be like, yeah, nah, we're, nah, we're good. Yeah, nah, fuck you, nah. Nah, 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 fuck you. But we're not going to go online and bash him or whatever, because he does have his fans, and there's some things every now and then that he can be in, mainly comedies. I kind of feel the same way about Mark Wahlberg. Right. 
but just to answer your question, uh, in 1990 he was uh, he would release Total Recall on Kindergarten Cop, and 91 right. he had Terminator 2. So Arnold had a lot of shit going on. I was I was I didn't know if it'd be Arnold specifically, but I think someone lifted a car. Or was Dolph the first person to lift a car? Uh, no, in Commando, which is another Mark L. Lester movie, uh, there's the sequence where um, they're oh shit they're in the street and he has the convertible and like something ends up messing the convertible and he flips it back over onto its wheels if i remember right it's been a minute since i've watched commando okay but if i remember right yeah the car is like uh i think flipped over and then he or flips it's it back on its side and then he flips it back over onto its wheels so him and the other girl can take off and, and when did uh although i don't really want to mention this but suburban commando with hulk hogan and christopher lloyd oh yeah uh, that is that is like a, that is a good but terrible movie. Hogan lists a car in that movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, I don't think he actually listed himself. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Hogan. Uh, he probably could have lifted it somewhat. Could he have flipped it? Probably not. I don't know though. Fucking Hogan was strong as shit back in those days. He was. He had a lot. Of, boy had a lot of roids. Yeah, yeah. He had a lot of roids. He might have just been like, hey, we're going to get the wires and we're going to pick it up. And he lived the fuck that ah! <laughs> oh, Shit, Hogan. What the fuck? Missing man's like, man, I'm going to get fucking investigated now. You need to call and this shit down. Did. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why you ended up I, leaving I don't the company. I remember telling anyone to take steroids or anything like no, it that. It wasn't like, like a. Hey, what about these recording? Take steroids on your fire! <laughs> I've never said you that. You want a main event it. WrestleMania? You need to have 46 pythons. <laughs> Get them roids, boy! Yeah, that must be somebody else. That's uh, definitely not me. That could have been Linda. I think Linda might have said something to it's the boys. Like, look, look <laughs> you were the only one that's ever sounded like this in the history of man. <laughs> I'm Vince McMahon, goddammit, and you're it's gonna like, take see, these roids. See, you even, see, you even you, say your own name. You say your own name. I've never said that I'm Vince McMahon, goddammit. Shit, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound exactly like me. Shit. It's like, Vince, it is you. Like, it's like, seriously. Why are you trying you to fuck with people? You were pressuring people to take steroids in the 80s. Right. Fucking live with it. Well, I mean, that's one of the reasons why Hogan had to leave. And uh, they had issues with, like, a bunch of people because, like, they got I to the point... a lot of roids. Where they couldn't even, they couldn't even use, uh, you know, Ultimate Warrior after a while because Warrior was on it, like, pretty hardcore. That's one of the reasons why you got guys like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and those kind of guys that Not got pushed. Roids. That were not on roids, because you can look at Shawn Michaels and tell that he didn't touch that shit. Now, I mean, he was into, like, pills and alcohol, and he got into some other shit, but... Way better than roids. But it's like, but those are the kinds of things that don't... I mean, if, if you get off of them, like he did, and got himself off of that shit, Other yeah. than your liver, you're good. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but that's the thing, it's like, because... I know people have always, like, speculated that Dolph took roids... Because of how he looked in Rocky IV, I'm like, I don't, to my knowledge, he's never touched that never. shit. Never. That's why he's still in great shape, and he doesn't have those weird, gross veins like Stallone has popping out of his. Because you can tell, you can tell, like, Mickey, what, like you can look at Mickey Rourke and Stallone, and those people, and you can just tell because the veins are like popped. They're like the. Uh, that's it's not why, varicose. It's like the. Uh, it's like that's, the. That's why you can uh, see external, them, even if yeah. they're not like lifting or anything. And Dolph's just looks normal. He he's just like a regular fit person 
That's uh, a, yeah, because that's usually the hallmark. Like it, because you can tell it's like Terry Crews. Like look at Terry Crews. He looks he looks great. No roids. That's all natural. Terry yeah. Crews. Uh, Stallone roided up. Arnold roided up at one point. Uh, you know, like um, all uh, a few of those older guys. Dolph never. Yeah, when Arnold when Arnold did it, it was mainly when he was bodybuilding. Right? He didn't. Well, was it after he... he was bodybuilding. That's oh, whenever was he was doing movies. Yeah, bodybuilding, he didn't even need it. Like, he was just so natural. It's whenever he started getting older. That's when he was Mr. Universe, right? When yeah, he whenever was... he was doing that, he was that was all natural for still. Oh, I thought, he, I thought he did the roids then and then got off of it when he did movies. It's actually reversed. Reversed, yeah. He oh, didn't wow. even need it whenever he was doing it. He was such a great bodybuilder. He didn't cheat or anything to get it. He was, he just looked good. Like he was, that was like I remember hearing the Ferrigno thing where he was just like he was intimidated because everyone around Arnold and trying to pressure him was trying to get him to do steroids. Yeah. And Arnold would see people and call them pussies and stuff. Like back in the because they like were trying whenever to he was young and stuff in competition. He was like, "Take all that you want, you fucking pussies." I, you know, yeah. You know, it, Arnold was a bit of a bully too because Frigno talked about how Arnold bullied everybody in the lock, like in the uh, gym and stuff like that. Yeah. Whenever he was younger, he's not like that anymore. But no, you know, when you're 20 and you're competitive, I mean, shit happens. And he's trying to become a superstar, so he does have and some he ego. Did. Yeah, he, did. he definitely became a star. But you know, that's one of the things I, th- I think. There maybe the reason why people thought that is because they saw Ivan Drago take roids in Rocky Four, yeah, and, and they're like, it. "Oh, Dolph must have done that in real life," and that was just kind of mirroring real life. It's like, nah, you can look at Dolph and tell that that shit is natural. Like, go back and watch like Universal Soldier, which is like what two years after this movie, Sergeant right? Andrew Scott. N- yeah, Sergeant, and yeah, Andrew Scott. Yeah, Sergeant Andrew Scott. Um. Uh. And like when, even when you look at him in Universal Soldier, you're like, shit, Dolph, like, he is... And and this is at the same time that you have, like, uh, Van Damme in probably his best shape. And Van, Van Damme took roids too, but it wasn't, it wasn't for bodybuilding, it was for stamina, because he had to do these crazy-ass shoots. Um, because I remember him talking about it. He had to do these crazy-ass shoots where uh, he had to do... It was later in his career, not early... Van Damme just had, like, natural cocaine highs for working out earlier. But later, he was talking about he had to do steroids just to get through shoots because people want him to do these crazy-ass 20-minute one-take shoots. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. Where like, he'd have to do all the fights. action in a row. Yeah. In 20 and that's minutes. pretty and draining. Like, I'm, like, 50. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he, he, he said he started taking roids just to get through those. Right. That's pretty intense, but Some uh, crazy shit. But you're an action star, and they're like, "Hey, you're this old. We need you to do this." And he's like, "This, this is crazy." And they're like, "Keep, keep going." That's how shitty they treat action stars whenever they get older and stuff. They, they kinda, keep wanting you know, to push them and push them and push them. Yeah, and, it's and like, if you don't do it, it's like, what do, what, what do you get? I mean, what is it, like? What has Jackie Chan been in lately? He hasn't been in a whole lot lately. Yeah, I mean, that's the same. Or Jet, Jet for that matter, yeah. Yeah. Jet's going to be in New Milan, but how much? Yeah. Like, these guys have gotten older, and they're just like, yeah, we use you for for your worth. Now, fuck off. Yeah, and if you can't do, you know, a 20-minute, you know, one-take fight sequence, then, you know, you it's like, I'm in my 50s, or like, you know, Dolph, he's in his 60s. It's like, 
I can't do that shit like I could back in the 90s, man. Like, I think Dolph, though, Dolph is in the position in the action world where they're going to be like, well, you got to do these these long takes if you want to be a part of this movie. And Dolph be like, well, I don't want to be a part of that movie. Then I'll just go direct my own movie. I'll just go do my own shit, yeah. His directed movies actually make money whenever he does it because he does it for so little budget and Dolph Lundgren is such a good name. And the, the movies he directs are actually really good. Like direct action and uh, the mechanic, the original one before Statham ripped it off. Yeah, um, skin trade. Yeah, yeah, the skin trade was really good with Tony Jaa, um, which is another amazing person. I mean, uh, yeah, Tony Jaa is amazing. Um, yeah, so this is, I mean, it's it's good stuff. I mean, he's he's really good at doing his directing stuff. So I don't think he's really worried about if they're like. Yeah, you know, we we uh we want you to do like 15 minute fight scenes and stuff before we do a cut and he's like, "Nah, I'm not doing that." I'm, right. I'm like 60 years old, man. Um, yeah, the body doesn't work like that quite I'm anymore. I'm in amazing shape, but I I don't feel like doing that. Like, right. you know. And uh, you know, like Dolph was kind of like a slow methodical fighter anyway because he's a big guy. He's not like a speed demon like Van Damme was. Um so they're probably like, yeah, we need you to do this, 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 this. He's probably like, nah, I couldn't even do that when I was, you know. When I was in my 20s. Yeah, yeah so that's ridiculous. Because right? he's six foot six, and he's like, how, how, how much does Dolph weigh? Like, well, at, at his peak muscle mass, he, he weighed like, what, 270? Yeah, like 270, something like that. He probably still weighs that. Probably, yeah, oh, he'd probably be pretty close to that Yeah, now. he probably still weighs that because he's still, like, in great he shape. He still has most of his muscle mass. I remember seeing the, the picture with him and Becky Lynch on Twitter, and she looked like she was, like, a kid. Like, yeah, like she somebody's, was like a kid like somebody's little kid. He was like, look, I met this little kid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, Becky, because he's, like, a foot taller than her. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, it just looks... She's it, only, like, it, five, six-something. Well, yeah. A foot taller to someone looks like you're, like, four foot taller than someone. Like, that's yeah. a huge difference it's like ray mysterio looking up at andre the giant it would be yeah it's just weird it's just like it's, it's like, like this is it's think, like yeah she she's yeah you know, like, he's a foot taller and it's like what you mean like three feet taller is like no like that that's a foot it's like that's, god it, it damn looks it looks like it's a lot taller than it actually is yeah mm-hmm. uh, but that's just uh we'll take we'll take another break here but i think that that's one of the things is that, like, sometimes when you when you see stuff, like, when you see Dolph doing stuff in this movie in particular, the martial arts are the, like, martial arts that he actually knows. And right. when he does, the like, the car stunt, like you said, when he flips the car onto its side to protect them from bullets because they're getting away in a convertible and they need someone to kind of provide some cover so they can get away, um, he actually does that shit for real because Dolph can do that shit for real. Right. And that's the thing I think that people always take issue with is that I don't think people realize the skill set that this dude actually has and you know he is a for real martial artist and he is uh you know one hell of a physical specimen as far as like from a bodybuilding perspective you know and so i think a lot of times what i, I think sometimes what it is i think it's just pure jealousy because people are like no nah, fuck that that dude can't do all that shit it's like no Dolph really can Nah, fuck that. Nah, fuck that. I don't think that's yeah, we get Ozzy man on there and be like nah, nah, fuck f- you. nah, fuck, nah fuck that. Nah, fuck you. Um, if, you, you know, if knuckles. he did the bottle, if he did the bottle cap challenge, he would just probably just shatter the top of the bottle. Right. <laughs> He'd be like, yeah, exactly. And then Stone Cold would walk out of it. Wouldn't that be an awesome thing if Dolphin Stone Cold did it? It's just like, 
Then he does like a little kick, and then you see like the bottle break, and then you hear like, and then you just see like like a little graphic with Stone Cold walking. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like somebody uh, needs to you. somebody needs to mash that up on YouTube. Like, get on that. Somebody needs to to put that together in an editor. Yeah, somewhere. do that on YouTube where it's just like a it looks like Dolph's kicking the bottle, and then it shatters, and then Stone Cold walks. And through. then Stone Cold's music, yeah. <laughs> then Stone kicks Cold's on. music kick out. And then, he walks and then you could turn that into a Titan Tron video. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Do it on the Raw reunion. <laughs> Damn it! Yeah, it just like so it shows like a graphic. It's like what the fuck are doing on that graphic? Oh, the bottle cap challenge! Like, it's like holy shit! That's a badass graphic, Stone Cold. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Okay, we're gonna take a break and we'll be back to end this shit. Yeah, finish it. <laughs> Here I am, motherfuckers. Thought I was gone. Huh? Oh, y'all just gonna take my shit and run with it, huh? And in case you don't know who that is, that's Twista with Kamikaze. <laughs> yeah, that's the album name. The song's Kill yeah. Them All. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yes. It was uh, the Kamikaze album. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah Kamikaze album. This, uh, if you want a song named Kamikaze, listen to Eminem. Uh, but this is an album called yeah. Kamikaze, Kill Them All. It just seems like it summed up Dolph's character in this. Oh, yeah. Pretty, pretty simply. They do pretty much uh, kill them all. Yeah. Yeah, they kill them all. Red Dragon Brewery, they all die. Right. <laughs> um, uh, but to, to wrap up here, uh, there's <laughs> one of the th- uh, the things about this movie that I don't know. I don't know if it stands out or if it's just maybe a, a, just a product of the fact that it, it's in the 90s and then it's, it's an R-rated movie, obviously. But people have a lot of issues with the nudity in this movie. Like a lot of issues. <laughs> So, so I'll just get into it. So it says, um, uh, of all the things that are wrong with this movie, then it's mixed up with entirely unnecessary, gratuitous nude scenes every five minutes, including topless women at the party, uh, the beheading of a topless woman in an office, women at the strip club, nude women at the Japanese spa, and the pointless hot tub scene and love scene with, uh, Tia Carrere, or Monaco. Uh... Not to mention the trip to the bizarre sushi bar, uh, which uh, rich Japanese men are eating sushi off of naked women. Which... Remember, revenge is a dish best served on titties. Right. That's the kind of revenge I can be down for. Um, <laughs> oh, some tiggle bitty sushi. There we go. Um, not to mention the trip to the bizarre sushi bar. 
um, at which rich Japanese men are eating sushi off of naked women. Which, by the way, prompts Lee to say, with with so much fake enthusiasm, that after defeating the bad guys, he and Lundgren will go eat fish off of those naked chicks. Which, of course, is followed by a, a disturbing high five between the two of them. And then we can't forget the terrible editing either. Uh, like when the villains are crushing a man trapped in a car at a junkyard and the editor's left in a really obvious glimpse of at a prop dummy. They did do that. Um, the, they did uh, do that. See, I didn't really notice that. I just Because I guess it goes to me it goes by so fast. I just didn't notice. But who notice. gives a shit? It's a 1990s action movie. Who gives a fuck? Right. You know no, that it's supposed totally to be. See it. You can see it. You know it's supposed Whatever. to be uh, it's supposed to be like a, a just a, a guy that's gonna about to die in the crusher, right? Did you want to have a real guy and a real crusher and die? You know, I'd rather them take this precautions. Yeah. No, it's got to be real, Steve. People be, have to die. People in the have to die for their art. Animals were not harmed in the making of the film, but plenty of people died. Yeah, we killed a fuckload of people. They're like, well, that's okay. Yeah, well, it's okay. We kill people. It's the animals. It's we need as to long save. as only people. As long, as long as it's white people that you're crushing in those cars. Um, so it says uh, the credits also list an enormous list of stunt workers, which implies that a lot of the action probably wasn't done by the movie stars after all. Wait, I'm what? Like, yeah, so, uh, so so he's just like the credit Whoa. has an enormous list of stunt workers, which implies that a lot of the action probably wasn't done by. I'm assuming he means Dolphin and Brandon. Um, Brandon did not need help doing his stunts. He can do his own martial arts. He's Brandon fucking Lee. Well, that's that's not and the Dolph- point of a stunt man though. They're not gonna let people do certain things. Like for one, be in those cars. Um, <laughs> right. So this guy's like, well, oh shit, they're stuntmen? So these guys didn't do their own stunts all the time? It's like, look. Who do you think all those Yakuza goons are with guns? Those are stunt people. There's tons of them in this movie. Even in Jackie Chan movies, you'll see a big list of stuntmen. That doesn't necessarily mean it's for everyone. Because you do have people that are in the movies, like these extras and stuff like that, that are fighting the main characters. They may need stuntmen. Right. A lot of times, uh, you know, a lot of these people that they cast to be good faces might even not even know how to do martial arts. They're just because they have a certain look. Or it's like, yeah, that guy's got a tattoo that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty and cool it's like, tattoo. It's like, can you take gunshots and do like a do like a stunt fall? And it's like, not really. And it's like, okay, bring in the stunt guy. And then stunt that guy, guy will get hit with bullets and then fall on the ground and die. You know, like yeah. you have stuff like that. Because sometimes, you know, you cast people just simply. Like, do you think that they're honestly going to have like, you know, Kari Hiroyuki Tagawa like, running a- around and, like, actually cutting up real people, like, cutting, like, real fingers and shit off of people. Yeah. Well, that guy cut his own finger off, and then he just killed him. But, you know, it's like, you're gonna have... You're gonna have plenty of stunt people to pull this stuff off. You have to have stunt people to do the shootout sequence when they crash the brewery. Yeah. And all, all kinds of fucking chaos goes goes off. Yeah, who do you think drove the truck into the, the set... You think it was Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee? That was a stunt the driver. They're not going to let them do that because they're like, yeah, you guys are You're the You're going to crash to the side of a fucking concrete wall. Let's let these dumbasses <laughs> risk that shit. It's like, we have a really super dangerous scene with a uh, with a truck. Okay, stunt guy. 
You can die. I almost wanted to say stunt cock. No. Stunt cock. <laughs> stunt cock. Um. <laughs> so this guy. Watch orgasmo. It's awesome. Yeah, this guy's main complaint is he doesn't know how movies, movies work. work. <laughs> yeah, basically. So there can't be. They they can't. They, that's bullshit. They don't do their own stunts. It's like no, they do their own martial arts. But there's gonna be some things that Dolphin Brandon can't do. Yeah, it's that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's but. It, you know, it's like, especially, like, if you if you go back and you look at, like, literally any movie from, like, the Shaw Brothers era uh, in, like, the, you know, 60s, 70s into, like, a you know, chunk of the 80s, you can look at a Shaw Brothers movie, like, like, the 36th Chamber of Shaolin, for example, and you have your main actors, like Gordon Liu and, you know, the like, the, the main villain, the general, and stuff like that, and then you get to the stunt crew, and it's like, psh- it's like fucking 40 names deep because it's like you have to have all of these extra guys to do the stunts and you know it's especially like in martial arts movies there's you have to, a lot of times you have to have a lot of goons just yeah. like people that just get their ass whipped by the hero right so a lot I mean, of times look at the stuntmen on like avatar yeah sam worthington's basically sam worthless <laughs> like he does none of his stunts because he's not athletic He's just a, a really good actor. Yeah, but you he's just a good-looking dude. Yeah, you don't have to be like, well, you have to do all your own stunts to be good at this. It's like, no, no, you don't. No, you don't. You think, like, fucking Patrick Stewart's doing, like, fight scenes and shit in X-Men? He's, like, fucking 70 years old. Yeah. He's not doing anything. Stunt Picard. He's doing the acting. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah. okay, we need some action scenes. Like, Patrick Stewart's like, I'm not doing any of that. Right. So they it's have like to get War of the Rings with uh, fucking Gandalf. Ian, Ian McKellen, McKellen did none yeah. of that. He did nothing in the action part. Yeah. But would you be like, well, if he can't do the action in the fucking, you know, 500-year-old wizard, then why do we... Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I hear it now. I hear it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know. But the, the other thing, too, about people complaining about the nudity of this movie... It's like you have to understand the circumstances, okay? It's the nineties. So it's well, it's the nineties for one. It's so nineties. So you know, titties equal money, right? But it's an R-rated movie, and it's advertised that there is you know nudity in this movie, right? The thing is, is that like the whole basis of this movie is that uh, Yoshida, the the leader of the yakuza, uh, in L.A. where they're at, um, he. He is ruthless, right? And he so, loves titties. yeah. Well, yeah. Who doesn't, right? Um, but if this was a TV show done on HBO in this generation. It would be beloved. Yeah, basically. But it's like the yakuza. It's like the whole thing is is like there are places in Japan where you can go and you can eat sushi off of a naked woman. Like that's an actual thing that exists. You know, it should and then, be in America because. If someone wants to let you get paid to lay there and just let you eat sushi off from them naked and they get paid a lot of money, that's a great job. That's <laughs> le- that's less degrading than Hooters, in my opinion. Um, well, I mean, you don't really have much to do. You're basically just like a really beautiful table at yeah, that point. Yeah, you're just like laying there and these like men are like, yeah, we get to eat food off of her. And Hooters, you actually have to like talk to people sometimes. You have to be like, really super fake. Yeah. And then you might not even get a lot of money. And then it's just like, ugh, it's just a... Because I, it, uh, because, you know, it, yeah, Hooters it is like that. And you'll hear the waitresses sometimes complain, like, 
oh god it's like i've been talking to the, like these group of guys for like 20 minutes and all i got was like three dollars just wasted my time you know and it's like you know because like of my you know my job now i'm in restaurants a lot and i'll hear stuff like that while i'm waiting for orders and it's it, that's kind of how it is. It's like they have to, they basically, they have to do uh, almost the same type of thing like strippers do, but they're not actually getting naked. They just have to wear the booty shorts and the, the tank top, but they have to be able to flirt and like get guys interested in like, Oh, Hey, you know, you want me to get you another beer and like trying to make money for the restaurant and stuff, but they also want to get tips. And it's like, you know, some guys don't tip very well. And then some guys are like really creepy and just want them to constantly hang around because they're like, hey, if I talk to this waitress long enough, I might get her number and stuff like that. It's just, it's a really creepy environment it to is, be in. It is, it is. But, you know, I, I, I had a, a kind of a funny joke that would kind of be hilarious if you did it to actual Hooters girl. Okay. You'd have to apologize after and explain everything. Okay. That it was a joke. If I try this and this bombs, I'm going to blame you. <laughs> Do not try this. Do not try this. Ever. Okay. Just just take it as a joke and just fucking burn it. Um, just, Don't actually Just, like, this. sit down and, like, uh, go, go to Hooters, sit down, order a beer, or a pitcher. Like, order a pitcher of beer and, like, drink it. And then whenever they asked, uh, you know, it's like, would you like another beer, honey? It's like, I'm a goddamn Mormon, how dare you? <laughs> uh, oh, man. <laughs> The amount of, of sacrilege right there. God. Yeah. yeah. They, they, she wouldn't be very happy. No one would. No. Because especially if there was Mormons in the restaurant, they'd be like, didn't he just drink a pitcher of beer? Right. And they'd be like, you want some more? How dare you, bitch? I'm a Mormon. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> oh, God. But I feel like that sums up the Mormon religion in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, God. Could you imagine Mitt Romney doing that at a Hooters? That would be pretty fucked up, wouldn't it? You know what's funny? I work for two Mormons. Oh, really? And they can both eat a dick. Right. <laughs> no, just, they're nice guys. They're just... Yeah, hopefully they don't listen to this. They're nice guys. They're just greedy as fuck. Give me a raise. Right. I work hard for it. I deserve it. Um, It's like, what, you think just because... You, you had a golden Bible and then you just suddenly lost it to air? <laughs> fucking john smith losing golden bibles to air but see that's the thing is that like you know sometimes <laughs> sometimes things get lost to air and then some things are amazing in the air like michael jordan for example oh man air yeah. jordan air, air jordan, jordan all the way since um, i'm kind of on a joke run i think we've already talked about our comments yeah pretty that. much the only thing that i would say about like people complaining about the nudity and the uh the obsessive amount of titties in this movie yeah there's there's it's, the ratings exist for a reason yeah read those before you watch a movie it's like this is literally a movie about the fucking japanese criminal underworld in la in the criminal underworld they don't give a fuck about and, common decencies in all criminal world underworlds, there are titties. Right. Listen, look at the Sopranos. You're not watching the Sopranos, but like, titties everywhere. Fuck this show. Yeah. You're like, yeah. I yeah. thought this was a. I thought this was a. Was a. <laughs> I thought this was a Christian show, and here I just see all this nakedness all the time. It's like Tony Sopranos drinking. Doesn't he know I'm a Mormon? Right. <laughs> what the fuck? That's not being very, very. You know. Uh, complimentary to my beliefs that's just that's just a that's that's an affront against me yeah i you think know? all coffee drinkers <laughs> and tv shows should be executed 
for Mormonism. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Steve really went Sorry? heavy on the Mormon here at the end. I just, um, I don't know. I, I got, I, you just kind of got stuck in I that mode. I kind of had these jokes written in my head. You had head to get this just, shit out of your brain, just, didn't you? I was like, fuck it, let me just go ahead and throw them out there. If they fail, they fail. Right. I, I'm kind of inspired to kind of take shots in the dark by Ricky Gervais. Right. So, because... Um, you know, we, we talked about it earlier. Yeah, his, this stuff is not very politically correct. But that's the thing is that, like, especially when you watch a movie like this, it's, it's kind of refreshing just to see a movie where they just have, like, titties everywhere, and nobody really, like, makes anything out of it. Right. It's just part of that world. Like, they, you know, you understand that, like, the club that the girls work at, of course, is not, like, a strip club, but, you know, they do have like things in this in this underworld where you know you're going to you're going to see stuff like that. I mean, there's even I, I, cuz I'm trying to remember like the other t- like I think the first time that you see Tia Carrere topless is like I think it's like when Yoshida's attacking her, right? Isn't it? Where he takes her up to like his room or something. No, no, they cut it. They that, actually cut away. They cut away on that. Okay. The first there's time There's the hot tub see, scene. The hot tub scene's the first That's, time you see her topless. Oh really? That is. I thought yep, she was and topless. Then you see her topless else. again minutes after whenever she's riding that Dolph Lundgren dick. Oh, that's right. Yeah, when they do the sex scene. Yeah. Okay. So basically, it's just like when she's around Kenner, you see it. So, yeah. Okay. Well, that's that makes good. sense. Yeah. Positive nudity. Right. Because instead of the negative nudity that you get from Angel at the first of the movie. Right, yeah. Where he cuts her fucking head off. He cuts her head off on the camera, yeah. And she was super hot. She was cute, though. Yeah, yeah, she was. Even though she was on a lot of drugs. Yeah, she was on a lot of drugs. But, okay, I'm going to tell uh, two jokes to end the show because I need to throw some things out there if I uh, want to do a little bit of stand-up here and there. i got to try some things. One of these you've heard, but they haven't. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's, it's been a minute, so yeah, you'll just have to go. I'll, I'll probably remember it as you're going. Yeah, you know when a telemarketer, uh, telemarketer calls and they're like, Mr. Bird, they say it like in question form, like they don't know who you are, or they they don't even know who they just called. I say no, sorry, this is this is Mr. Ida. You know, Mr. Ida, they ask. I reply, yeah, Mr. Ida Dick, <laughs> and then I hang up. That'd be funny. <laughs> it's just, that'd be funny if it's like uh, it's like no, I'm I'm Mr. Ida, you know, and it's like uh, Ida. Oh, is is that is that Japanese? I'm sorry, I, I didn't realize. It's like yeah, it's Ida Dick. <laughs> it's Ida Dick. Yeah, that, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So um, this this movie is based on you know Japanese influences, and it's based in little yeah, Tokyo. Yeah, that could actually help with the joke. It's right. Like, oh, is that? I'm sorry. Is that Japanese? It's like yeah, it's Mr. Ida Dick. <laughs> <laughs> In, ja- in full Japanese, it would be uh, eat a dick. Yeah, <laughs> Call the right person next time. Uh, yeah. Um, you ever watch commercials and just get offended? <laughs> I was watching a Capital One commercial, and the catchphrase is, "What's in your wallet?" Well, Samuel L. Jackson, Jennifer Garner, it's none of your goddamn business. <laughs> Air and condoms. Get out of my fucking life. <laughs> Stop asking me what's in my fucking wallet. Well, this has been Beyond the Hate. Like, subscribe, five-star reviews, or whatever the fuck everybody else asks you to do. Hope you guys guys enjoyed, and um, yeah. 
Yeah, we're on uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, Google Podcasts. Like I think Pocket Cast. I think we I think we broadcast the moon now. I'm yeah, not the sure. moon, the moon people, the aliens that are hiding on the moon. Right. Uh, we we talk to them on a daily. They're actually a bunch of dicks. We don't even want to know aliens anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we got to get into Area Fifty One so we can see them aliens. Yeah, there's. If we Naruto you, run, we can avoid their bullets. <laughs> So sure, I kind of okay. The, the the Area Fifty One. Just quickly before you you cut to the outro music. At first, I was like, okay, this is kind of funny because I've always I, you know I watch Ancient Aliens. I like alien stuff. The Area Fifty One memes are fucking taking over the world. They've created something here that I don't think they can control now, and it's like this whole thing is just becoming a giant just fuck all of memes. And it's like, okay, we get it. People are going to make Area 51 memes. That shit might continue forever now. I think they've created something that they don't know how to control. You know... It's getting a little ridiculous. You know what you're actually going to find if you break into Area 51 that they don't want you to find? You're actually going to find the architect from the Matrix. (laughs) Yeah. It's just some, like, old white guy speaking in riddles. And he was like, you're the eighth Neo. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And this has been Beyond the Hate. Peace! (laughs)